Hi, Alexander. Uh, welcome to Network Capital. In this podcast, we try and uh, demystify career choices. Uh, you've had a international, multimodal, multidimensional career, and we are excited to understand uh, the core principles shaping it. So could you get us started by telling us uh, who you are and what you do? Yeah. Uh, hi, Utkash. It's a pleasure to be here and to be able to explain my life story and views to everyone listening. So uh, currently I work as a partner at a venture capital fund. And at the moment, the three things that I'm primarily dealing with are firstly our investment activities, right? So we have a team in our uh, Singapore and San Francisco offices who look for startups, who talk to founders, and then I uh, do the more high-level activities like organizing co-investment deals, like ensuring that all the external and internal due diligence is uh, up to our standards. And also, I'm quite heavily involved with our portfolio companies at later stages when it comes to um, helping them to expand to new countries or to uh, sign very large corporate uh, contracts. And another thing that I'm doing is actually fundraising for the fund because when we started up back in 2014, we were quite small. But since that time, we've had uh, quite a few interesting investments from which we were able to secure exits. We've shown very good returns to our LPs and we were able to sort of expand from our initial headquarters in Singapore uh, all the way to San Francisco and then to Europe. So now we have three different offices looking for investments worldwide. And uh, we are always engaging with family offices, with private equity firms, with large business angels when it comes to um, getting them as limited partners for the fund. So those are the three things that I'm uh, doing at the moment. But before I joined up uh, with Rovento Ventures, a VC fund where I'm working for at the moment, I've uh, lived for a very long time. I think it was around 13 years in UK, even though I'm originally uh, from Russia. So in UK, I studied in school. I went to bachelor's and master's in university, and then I've uh, wanted to do something that any self-respecting uh, UK graduate student wants to do, right? It is uh, investment banking or consulting because you get paid a lot. You get to do uh, quite high profile activities. You get to um, understand better as to how business works. So myself, I um, always viewed myself as a more of a finance guy. So I went to work in investment banking where uh, for a few years I did M&A deals in tech. I helped to organize some IPOs. And uh, to be honest with you, it was actually really exciting because, as I mentioned, um, all my colleagues were really smart. I get paid a lot. I did a lot of very interesting deals and I learned. But I, as an analyst, didn't actually get uh, much responsibilities, right? So I did financial models, very many of them. I um, had to edit a lot of pitch books. Sometimes I got to sit on meetings. Most of the days I had to do all-nighters. And for myself, I uh, wanted to do something more meaningful, right? And not only advise on deals like an investment banker would, but actually to be involved in them um, firsthand. So 
after a couple of years, I went um, and I transferred to work um, to a private equity firm also in England, where it was a much better experience for me because the team was smaller. So there was a lot more responsibilities and also uh, the deals that I was doing were very diverse, right? So it was not only tech, it was also manufacturing, it was also um, sports, it was uh, also oil and gas. And I um, was able to formulate a sort of a more bird's eye understanding of the whole financial market. Um, and for the the first couple of years where uh, I worked in this private equity firm, it was really great. But then I was networking with founders all the time. I was helping them out uh, not only with expansion, but also with more lower level activities like, I don't know, helping them to attract uh, new employees, helping them to validate their products, write their pitch decks. And for myself, it was really interesting to see how is life on the other side, right? So how it is to become a founder. But um, as I've mentioned to you previously, I'm not a tech guy. Uh, my bachelor's was in uh, management. My uh, master's was in economics. So I, I don't know how to code. I get very um, bleak eyed when it comes to discussions of stuff like uh, nuclear physics, just because I don't know much about it. So, uh, so sorry, it must spark your curiosity. So you yes, clearly have had uh, your so yeah, dimensional uh, career. Talk mm-hmm. to us about uh, college and how were you? How did you get interested in this space? Was this always something you wanted to do? Mm. You mean venture capital, right? Yeah, investing of any kind. Well, investing of any kind, um, the first experience with investing I had was back in college when I was um, trading by myself on financial markets. And it was great because if I invested even a small amount in the company, it was making me far more interested in how this company does, what are its financials, what are the decisions it makes and how do they relate to the whole um, economic system in the world. And from then on, I uh, wanted to learn more, uh, not from the bird's eye viewpoint, but uh, from the perspective of the company itself. So that's why I went to work in different aspects of finance, like investment banking, where you get to advise on deals, where you get to market them uh, to the wider public, then to private equity, then to my own startup in wine retail, and now to venture capital. So the stages are different. The problems that you get to solve are different, but overall, I'd say that the most important thing is that the further you go up the hierarchy, up the chain of command, the more you uh, get to deal with the actual people rather than sit in front of the screen and do the financials, right? So it's always very important to be able to articulate your views. It's always very important to... um, be able to connect different people to each other, especially in venture capital, right? Because in venture capital, you uh, mainly focus on early stage deals and it is the companies in tech. So they are expected uh, to grow up very quickly um, in a short uh, period of time and they are, about, uh, they are expected to explode. So if they, if they do not, 
then you are a failure of an investor because ideally you would not want to sit on your portfolio and not show returns to your LPs. So in order to be successful as a venture capitalist, you have to be able to connect the founder uh, that you've invested in with some corporate partners, with other startups with whom he can do pilots, with um, other venture capitalists who can fund him at later stages, um, with all the other people who can help them to succeed. Because otherwise, um, no matter how great the guy is, he's not going to be successful because the tech guys, they don't normally how to market, how to sell. The sales guys, they don't have PhDs. They don't really understand the in-depth technologies and they don't know the inside details of the product. So it's always pays to have a balanced team when you are a startup founder. So how are you preparing yourself to become a better investor every day? Well, uh, for myself, uh, once again, to become a better investor, it really pays to be connected, right? So um, what I learned quite early on when it came to my venture capital career is that no matter from which sources you try and draw investments, and there are quite a few, right? So you can go on a lot of conferences, you can mentor startups, you can look on public databases like Crunchbase or PitchBook or stuff like that. All the great um, deals mainly come from your connections, right? So it's guys at other VC funds who like the deal, but perhaps... Uh, it is outside of the investment focus, but they spoke with a the guy, they know that he's an adequate guy, he has a very interesting product, and because this other VC trusts you, he has a friendly connection with you, then he can pass this deal on to you, and um, to reciprocate, you will do the same with him later on, right? So it's always space to be connected, and another thing that I'd say that... Um, helps me to become a better investor every day is to not focus on a specific uh, industry or stage per se, because even though you become more specialized, you learn a lot more about the specifics of each product and industry. It doesn't actually help you to um, formulate as a bigger bird's eye view, right? Because, um, as a startup founder, as a VC, you're not living under a rock in some case, cave. You are always in a wider economic world. So your startup, even though he might be a fintech um, business that only markets to, I don't know, like P2P platforms or insurance firms, later on he can expand to automotive, uh, he can expand to telecoms business and acquire them as clients. So you always have to... Um, look for, look uh, for appreciated opportunities and for that you have to mentor startups you have to go and speak to podcasts like this you have to um, attend a lot of events you have to do everything because otherwise you become very narrow-minded and um, it doesn't really um, bode well for your future when you want to become a venture capitalist what advice do you have for people who want to break into venture capital because it's it's a competitive industry. There are few roles. Um, it's a popular choice amongst young professionals. Uh, how did you break in? What advice would you give to your younger self or to others who want to get into the same industry? Well, uh, to be honest with you, Utkash, I wouldn't say that venture capital is a very popular choice amongst young professionals. And this is because, uh, to be honest, 
to be successful in venture capital, you have to uh, not only know quite a lot about some specific uh, tech industry, like, for example, telecoms or, I don't know, autonomous cars or quantum computing or cybersecurity. And in that field, you have to uh, know a lot of people. You have to work in it to see both ups and downs. So it's normally the people who um, maybe worked 20 years, 10 years in tech, uh, in innovation, maybe they've founded startups, successfully sold them, and now they want to pass on their views and experience to the younger generation of entrepreneurs who sort of become uh, maybe not analysts or associates, uh, but definitely partners or principals at venture capital funds, just because, once again, the experience and connections are far more valued than enthusiasm, even though, as you've mentioned, the teams are quite small, so enthusiasm and fit are great as well. But, uh, yeah, so uh, technically, when you begin in venture capital, um, it's a very long-term play because when a VC fund invests in something, uh, normally you would only expect an exit maybe uh, three to five years uh, in the future. And very, very few people stay from the analyst position all the way uh, for the five years to become, I don't know, like associate or principal or partner. Because to be honest, uh, the teams are small. So um, it's not as easy to move up the ranks as it is in consulting or investment banking. So many people get burnt out. And even though uh, they become far more connected, even though they get to embrace their passion for tech, uh, not many of them actually see the upside in venture capital. And the upside in venture capital comes not from the management fee that is paid by LPs, but from the carry and from the exit that you get. And once again... So for it's the uninitiated, could you explain carry uh, with the help of an example? Not everyone listening to this podcast would know what it means. Well, uh, carry is... Well, uh, look, if we... Um, Look at the VC structure. So it's normally analysts and associates who are at the bottom rung. And analysts mainly work with portfolio companies. They scout for deals. They speak to entrepreneurs. And associates get uh, far more responsibilities when it comes to uh, portfolio management. Like maybe they would help some portfolio companies to expand. Maybe they would help them with uh, some connections. But mainly analysts and associates, they don't get carry. They don't get any uh, bonuses. All they get is a salary, which comes from the management fee. And normally, uh, the management fee structure is around 2%. So let's say that uh, a VC fund size is around 100 million. So the management fee uh, annual uh, would be around 2 million, right? And this would go, this money would go towards salaries. This money would go towards administrative expenses, towards travel, towards entertainment, towards um, things like that. And if you uh, look at the principal level, principal level is normally a seasoned entrepreneur or a guy who has experience in quite a lot of tech deals. Maybe he's also uh, previously a startup founder, so he, he knows a lot of people. He can be a connector. He can uh, definitely work quite experiencely with portfolio management. Um, he can uh, lead deals and stuff like that. So normally the principals, they sometimes get carry and carry is the bonus that you can get from deals, right? So if you exit it, uh, then a portion of the exit that 
uh, is not distributed towards LPs, but is given towards uh, the management team, uh, would be split between the partners and the principal. And normally the split between LPs and the investment team of the fund is around 80% to LPs and 20% to the investment team. And then uh, it comes to the partners, right? Normally it's very difficult to become a partner um, if you joined up as an analyst or as an associate because uh, partners get yeah sorry yeah why does that happen and uh, how can people navigate that so that they can rise fast okay well it happens because uh partners normally get made only when a vc fund is founded right so when the initial fundraising process is done uh the initial team is made so these are normally the guys who know each other for quite a while they have diverse experiences in tech in startups in finance and marketing and whatnot so they can sort of hit different boxes and decide together on what the investment focus of the new vc fund would be and then they would approach some uh, potential lps and the limited partners as a folks amongst institutions business angels family offices corporations, private equity funds who give money to the VC fund. And um, then these partners, they would sort of develop the initial investment team, hire analysts and associates, and it's very difficult to move up uh, just because, uh, once again, the bottom rung workers, they're normally quite junior people uh, in comparison to partners. So maybe these are guys um, two to three years out of college, or um, in, at the intern position, maybe they're even at college, right? So they're very interested in the industry. They uh, maybe have some experience in tech, but most importantly, they fit in uh, with a wider investment team when it comes to um, not only focus on specific deals, but also outside activities, like maybe they want to uh, they like to do uh, like rowing together or they're really passionate about autonomous driving or things like that. So it unites them because uh, even though in venture capital, you don't really pull as many all-nighters as in private equity or in investment banking, you still sit at the same desk or at the same coffee shop uh, with the same people for a very long time. So you have to um, know them and be able to um communicate with them not only on the work basis so what advice i would give to young people who want to break into vc is to firstly really understand what kind of tech industry are you most passionate about because to be honest with you there are so many venture capital funds uh targeting uh probably all of the traditional and non-traditional uh investment and industry aspects from quantum computing to autonomous cars to fintech to biotech to blockchain to things like i don't know um cannabis or uh i don't know sex technologies and things like that so whatever you're passionate about whatever um you can really talk about in more detail go for that because you'll be able to portray yourself as a far more interested employee and they look for interested employees so go uh, work for startups go network with venture capitalists with those people who uh, raised big rounds from vcs and can connect you it's no there is no magic formula to break in uh, you just really need to be proactive when it comes to networking 
and when it comes to uh, preparing for your initial interviews, because uh, let's say that um, you are invited for a VC interview tomorrow, and you've you've just heard about it today. You you didn't prepare before. It's very unlikely that you'll succeed because you have to follow the markets. You have to know all the investment trends. You have to understand which startups are successful, and which startups can be successful but are currently underappreciated. Because most of, of VCs at early stages they look for the underappreciated opportunities where they can get in at a good valuation help the startup founder to succeed and then exit with very big upsides. So if you're able to showcase to the partners of the fund where you're applying to that, you know how to spot these investment opportunities, uh, then uh, they will be far more likely to sort of um, give you a try when it comes to being a part of the investment team. Understood. This is uh, quite helpful. So um, how did you, uh, how did you end up in in uk and uh, now in the us and uh, how are you looking for deals is it geography specific is that uh, industry specific what's your uh, secret sauce okay well sure so let me tell you a little, very briefly about the history of my fund so when we first began it was 2014 and the first a um, few deals for the uh, first couple of years we did were mainly in Singapore um, uh, and wider Southeast Asia in hardware. So the team that uh, formed up at the time was mainly hardware entrepreneurs, successful startup founders. There were also some guys from uh, automotive and telecoms industries. And in the first couple of years, we were really successful because we managed to do three exits from the portfolio and co-invest with major tier one VCs in Silicon Valley, guys like Hostler Ventures or the Founders Fund. So in 2016, we were able to raise a bigger fund, open up an office in San Francisco and began to specialize a bit more in uh, deep tech. So things like um, artificial intelligence, quantum computing, 3D printing, and stuff like that. And since then, we've mainly invested in the U.S. Uh, so at the moment, we have a portfolio, maybe 25 companies, and they're very broad. So this is actually what excites me about my fund, is that um, even though we have a quite strict investment focus, we are still able to... What is, what is Sorry? What's the investment focus? The investment focus, well, uh, we target companies uh, from seed stage to series B in deep tech. And at the moment, from August of 2019, we are primarily focused on emerging countries, like, for example, Eastern Europe or uh, Southeast Asia or Latin America, just because for them, it's very difficult to break into the developed markets where the Clients are sophisticated, where the clients can write large checks, where um, they can benefit from the existing network of VCs and corporations. While still, if you go to somewhere like, I don't know, Russia or Peru, there are uh, very many experienced tech teams. There are great, interesting ideas who um, can really grow in countries like the US. So I wouldn't say that there's a shortage of talent and ideas, but uh, because... um, the investors in those local markets mainly come from uh, government uh, funds or from local investors who can only provide local smart money. When uh, we as a 
U.S. investors come and give them international smart money, we're able to get into a good valuation. We're able to provide the smart money that nobody else can do in the region. And we're able to help this, this company to scale up not only to the U.S., but also through our corporate and VC network to uh, places like Southeast Asia, for example, which is rapidly growing. So at the moment, as a VC, we are mainly looking for earlier stage underappreciated opportunities in deep tech uh, in the emerging countries. So, yeah. And how should people contact you? Because, uh, you know, from Network Capital, we have thousands of inspiring young professionals working on tech. How, how should they get in touch? At what stage should they reach out to you guys? And uh, how, can they, how can you help them in addition to investing in them? Okay, uh, sure. So, I mean... I do have uh, contacts like, I don't know, Facebook. I'm on, I'm on Network Capital. If you want to drop me a line and email, please do. My email is ap at rovento.com. And my name is Alexander Piskanov on Facebook. So, yeah, and I mean, when it comes to helping other younger professionals, I'm always eager to network and help out, not only in terms of investment, um, but also when it comes to generally helping the younger guys to prepare themselves for a career in VC, to better understand what kind of topics and ideas they're interested in. Because to be honest, um, as I've told you throughout this podcast, I've tried quite a lot of aspects in the investment and startup career by myself. I did IB, private equity, startups, venture capital, and you know, it, it was not always an easy journey. So I can sort of share my experiences in that um, with far more detail uh, personally. And also, uh, I'll be happy to not only uh, potentially invest in startup founders, but also help them out to refine their pitch decks, to um, better understand how to uh, structure their strategy for new markets and things like that. So, uh, yeah, and if you are a VC who wants to sort of um, network to co-invest on deals or draw upon our team's expertise in deep tech, uh, please also feel free to reach out. I'm always quite approachable. And we also look forward to hosting you for a masterclass on Network Capital Premium. It's um, something that we've got so much uh, uh, appetite for, for great content, and I think you'll be amazing. Tell us uh, briefly about ways in which people can help you. How can they be of help? How can our community add value to you or your company? Okay, sure. Well, uh, as I mentioned to you, uh, at our VC fund, we look at uh, investments in quite a broad range of countries from Southeast Asia to America to Europe. So it's always space to uh, develop new contacts in um, investor space. So guys like VCs, private equity firms, corporations, and people like that, because sometimes we co-invest, most of the times we draw the expertise on some specific technology aspects, and um, every time it's always helpful to sort of have an understanding from a different perspective of how a specific industry can grow. So um, I'm really interested to sort of broaden my network and exchange new opinions, and I guess this is actually why I've been interested to not only join Network Capital, but also do a podcast here, right? Because it broadens my network. And as I mentioned to you before, in venture capital, your value is not in what you know, but in whom you know, because you always have to be the connector. 
So, uh, yeah, I mean, I'd be more than happy to talk to uh, the many people that you have here and to learn what they have to offer. You know, one of the qualities that we admire most in our community members is the ability to constantly try and add value to others. And for that and for many other things, thank you so much for your time. Uh, we deeply appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks, Utkash. It's been a pleasure. And I hope to speak to a lot of you soon. Definitely. We too.